When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Episode of the Buffalo Happy Hour. Mike, what's going on? Derek, we got new stands. You sure did. So our uh, audience is going to be juiced up over that. However, we are in a brand new establishment in Elmwood. So let's start with introductions for kind of round two with you, but a little different. It's been a minute, man. It has. Uh, the stands are great. They're huge. <laughs> I know. <laughs> a little intimidating. Actually. Every time that we used to have interviews, it, we had smaller stands, and then when we put the mics on, when people would move them, the stands would tip over. So we're like, we need something weighted. Sure. And we bought these and didn't really know what we were going to get. <laughs> what else is new? Did you, ever, did you ever buy something for your house and not measure for it, and then it arrives, and you're like, well, now I have to live <laughs> with this? 
I know he doesn't, but sometimes I do, yeah. If I'll, for this place, I'll measure for my house. Yeah, it's just... It's like yeah. trying stuff on <laughs> at, at the... At the uh, at the store, yeah, they so, still make stores. Yeah, yeah, they do. yeah. <laughs> if it doesn't fit, it'll we'll find a spot for it. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, just cut it. <laughs> so what's going on, man? Who are you for the people who are new? Oh, that's right. Hi, um, my name is Corey Moscato. I am partner and operations manager here at the Beer Keep Bar and Shop, located at Sunny One Thousand Two Elmwood Avenue in Buffalo, New York, in the heart of Elmwood Village. Yeah, you guys have. We were rolling up, and I was like, okay, I see the address on Elmwood, but it's a super long street, so where are we really going to line up? And then Derek's like, it's right there. I was like, man, this is a really nice spot, because you got the farmer's market literally next door. Um, and then you also have Biker Bar was right around the corner, wasn't it? It was like yeah, no, door down. They're, they're still over there. They're, uh, they're, about, they're on the other side of Delvin, so we're nestled yeah. right next to Bidwell Park which Boom. does host the farmer markets on Saturdays. It's also the only adult-oriented park system in the entire city, no playground. Oh. Um, and it's it's really at the center of the city as far as I'm concerned. Right. So did you fall into this location, or did you actively search this spot out? Uh, a little bit of both. Okay. Um, I'll fast-forward through some of the not-so-exciting parts, but um, I had taken a quick trip across the country in the middle of last year during uh, what everybody experienced and wanted to change up what I was doing and this location was just about to open up one of my my business partners who owned the bar and restaurant next door Breezy Burrito Bar oh yeah um, it's the same building um, different different oh, storefront okay. but the same building sure. so the same building owner and they're friendly with them and they knew that this was going to open and ultimately um, we had immediately started conversations about what we would what would we do if we got the space. We started investigating different models, what we wanted to do, and um, before it even had a chance to go on the market, we had an option contract signed, so we had time to negotiate a lease. That's amazing. That is sweet. And this location really is prime um, for yeah. a multitude of reasons. Not just it's connected to my friend's business, but on the other side are my other friends business jackrabbit so the boys and girls oh yeah there. i've uh, literally been all around the world with both of them to, to spain to japan to africa so it seemed an opportunity open to own a business in front of two of my best friends I what a dream man yeah yeah you can't say no to that no. so how many total uh, you said you're a partner so how many yep. total business so there are five of us five okay, okay. and you're all like what's your relationship all childhood friends or is it all professional um, some of them are childhood friends. Most of us met each other through the hospitality industry here in Buffalo. That's really cool. Yeah. So I know that you said that you wanted to gloss over some of the long parts, but we have to talk about it because your your bike ride is monumental, man. Well, talk about the bike ride. How's that? Uh, it was fun. Riding bikes are fun. I, I didn't ride a lot of bicycles in my youth from here to there, but nothing significant, maybe like 10 miles on a, a bike path in the suburbs. But opportunity came about when the world experienced uh, the pandemic mm -hmm. that I could fly across the country, buy a bicycle and ride back from the West Coast here to Buffalo because there was nothing going on. Exactly. Yeah, my job was stalled because there were no events. There was no production. Um, so I said, let's go. So where did you fly into? We flew from Buffalo to Portland, Oregon. And we <laughs> bought bicycles. We bought tents. We bought everything. Uh, we had never cycled before long distance. The farthest any of us had rode were like 10 miles. So we, we, we not, we're not cyclists, but we decided we wanted to do this. 
that is so no fascinating because I would have zero idea where to even start. Like, did you plan out a bike route from here to there? Or did you just say, we're just going to take roads and see where it takes us? Uh, a little bit of both. You know, we did it on a day-by-day basis. So we planned a route that day. Sometimes roads were closed. Even on the first day, we experienced some major closures that forced us onto a highway in the rain. Day one. So we busted out our lightweight Dude, rain gear. Day one. Day one. Day one. We left Portland, Oregon. We went to a seaside trail that they didn't that they closed because too many people were going to use that recreational state area and they didn't like that because it was, you know, yeah. first lockdown. So we had to double back, get on a highway without being seen, because they'd pull you over your bicycle. Mm-hmm. Don't get on the highway. <laughs> right. Um, and then we did about thirty miles on the highway. And eventually snuck back into that recreational area to uh, stealth camp uh, under a pavilion. That is wild. So you guys went, Derek and I have discussed camping quite a few times because that was, it's one of my pastimes to just get away from the world Mm -hmm. and not hear a generator. So when you were planning weight specifically, why did you go tent opposed to hammock? And then, uh, hammock's not necessarily practical. There's not always stuff, especially when you get into the high desert. We spent over a thousand miles in the high desert, which is a lot of Oregon, a lot of Idaho, right. yeah. some of Wyoming, and even more so when you get into the Dakotas. Um, there's nothing. How high was lucky. your tent then? It was a small tent. It's very lightweight. Mm-hmm. It weighed less than two pounds. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, oh, yeah. Um, and I shared a tent with a buddy of mine, Josh, owns Jackrabbit. Um, so it was me. Josh and Jake, who own Jackrabbit, and then my now business partner Dan joined us for a little bit of the leg trip too. So we all we all had a good time of it. Uh, overall, it was three thousand one hundred and twenty-five miles, and it took us sixty-eight days, including about twelve days of rest slash entertainment. We would sleep under the stars, no tent. We would sleep in tents. We'd sleep under bridges. Sometimes, maybe five times, we got a hotel motel because we wanted to really relax and Mm -hmm. take a hot shower. Yeah. We use this app called Warm Showers, which is basically a couch surfing app, but specifically for cyclists. So you, just random people would take you in. They would let us sleep in their tree houses, outdoor teepees, uh, guest bedrooms sometimes. um, And we met a lot of cool people. The people since came to visit us here in Buffalo a year later that we're now long distance friends with. That's They're amazing. Like, they, so they have cool. 50 years on us, but they still came, and it was really nice. Yeah, that's super nice. It's so sweet. So what were you using if you weren't just baby wipes? Oh, yeah, you carry baby wipes on you. You carry the, the absolute necessi- necessities. But there was, I think, a period where I didn't shower for seven days. Yeah. It's not that bad. No, yeah. it's not that bad. I, I already know if you and I did that, we would just look at each other and be like, hey, man, you smell. And then we just keep yeah, pedaling. You can't smell your own smell. Correct, you but other people sm- can smell you. Not if you're all awful. That's true. That's very true. It's tough. I mean, yes, but there's definitely a line that once you cross it, it's you're indifferent. <laughs> Especially if you're spending seven days a week sleeping next to these people. And then you don't realize how bad it is until you get around someone that's civilized at that point and yeah. they're just like my god like what happened to you we would roll into podunk towns and nowhereville.com and uh people would give us spirity looks or they would comment on hygiene hygiene but for the most part everyone was incredibly receptive um no one everyone wanted to hear our story where i was going you would run into a lot of travelers cyclists it's a it's a huge community and that i was completely oblivious to until sure. i until i took this trip and 
afterwards, you better believe I'm now, I do it as much as I can. So what was a recovery? Like just rest? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you would make camp. No, no, no. After. You're oh, in Buffalo. No recovery. No? No. No. By the re- <laughs> no recovery. What? No. That's wild. I would be sore for years. <laughs> you think so? But it was really the first two weeks. You show up. Your body, my body was not conditioned, right? I had done a lot of nothing for a while. No, I, I ran. I worked out. But I'm not, I'm not super fit. I'm not jacked. Um, so the first couple of days, we did 40 miles. After 40 miles, we're like, oh, we got to take two days off. So we took two days off. <laughs> we rolled out our muscles. We stretched. We drank way too much alcohol. And then the third day, we woke up super hungover, got on our bikes, and just did it. Exercising is the best way to get rid of a hangover. Oh, yeah. Of those 68 days, we probably had hangovers 60 of them. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. Within, yeah, but within 10 minutes, it's gone. We were burning, uh, and we had we had metric calculators and trackers on all of our equipment, so we were burning about 6,000 calories a day. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so I would wake up, and I would eat as much as I could, and you want to eat the right stuff. So yeah. We, we would carry, I would carry broccoli in my, we had dry bags for everything. One of our dry bags is food, and you want to carry non-perishables. So I discovered very quickly that broccoli, it takes five days to go bad without a refrigerator. <laughs> Because uh, I would eat it, it's just raw. You don't need to cook it; it's delicious. Yeah. And on day six, I wasn't willing to. What did it, was it soft or something? Uh, it got a little soft, but it also had developed this like film on it that oh. it didn't have the previous day. So I just hucked it. Um, but. So yeah. did you guys have like a mile requirement you wanted to hit a day, or was it we more just targets. like what can we do? Okay. Yeah, we had targets. Um, if you if it got dark or unsafe or we were exasperated. We would make camp, but we like some days we're like, oh, we got another 20 miles to go to get to this place that we have a a, a residence that's willing to put us up. Mm-hmm. And we gotta finish the miles, mm-hmm. and that's we, true. We'd, be, we'd finish it. And we'd be running over rattlesnakes and stuff, and like putting our feet up. And this is middle of Wyoming. Um, there was a lot of dangerous stuff, fun stuff, a lot of stuff I probably shouldn't talk about, <laughs> but um, it was a really a good time, and I would recommend to anybody who is even considering it to do it. It's going to be difficult, and then it's just not going to be. Sure. What started off 40 miles used to be difficult on day one. At the end of it, we were doing 120 miles a day. Yeah, well, not I'm, breaking a sweat. I'm sure it's the same with like running. Like you talk about it because I clearly don't run, but like you get to a point in your running, like your trip, that you just black out, basically for lack of a better term, and you just are going. Did you you hit that probably a couple days in where you're just like it's whatever now we just got to get home? Yeah, not. It was more so the excitement of being out there. Okay. It was every day yeah. you woke up and you didn't have any idea. You didn't know who you were going to see, what were you were going to do, yeah. what experience you were going to have. I can't think of one time in my day-to-day life normally where I'd ever have that. So just being able to say I'm venturing off into the unknown was the ultimate excitement. And, cool. and it's really cool because you, um, to your point of like not knowing anything, it your attitude changes to only positive because you're out there like we're here so what are we going to do be like we can't pout we're out here you're in the middle of nowhere exactly it's like we just got to keep pedaling man yeah and there was i think we had a headwind every day (laughs) it felt like we did the rockies definitely um we and but everything comes back we we would strap we didn't drink a ton of beer unless we were in a town sure but if we were camping in the middle of nowhere, which was 
over half the time. Yeah. Um, we would strap a bag of wine or a bottle of liquor to the back of our bikes because beer's heavy. Mm-hmm. So we would go for the lightweight stuff. We would find hot springs and take a soak in the middle of Idaho. West Rose Hot Springs at mile marker 184 and a quarter on Route 22. Check it out. It's the best. I love that. Did you, like, try to hit any landmarks or anything, or were you just following a path to go? No, it was uh, it's pretty, pretty wavy. Sure. We decided, you know, we wanted to have a good time. This wasn't just, like, hurry up and get home. Yeah, yeah. We... If we were close to something fun, like we rode our bikes up Mount Rushmore. Oh, sweet. Um, we probably could have taken a car up there, but fuck it. Yeah, you got, yeah you you've been on a bike for the past yeah. 14 days, so you oh, might as well. Yeah, it, I mean, that's in, that was in South Dakota in the Black Hills. Gorgeous. I didn't I didn't even know they existed until we were riding through them. It was just unbelievable territory. Um, by that point, by the point, three weeks in, once we hit the Rockies, our bodies were fine. What was, it, what was the worst part of the trip? Like, was there a certain state that was terrible? Two-part answer. Worst part of the trip was coming home, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Because it's kind of like that, uh, you just get back from vacation. Now mm-hmm. what? Yeah. Um, even though it was very exciting. Worst state award definitely goes to Michigan. Uh, <laughs> bad yes. people. Yeah. We didn't have any problems with police officers or any local enforcement or any community Michigan was very unsavory, potholes everywhere, terrible infrastructure. Um, Interesting. Yeah, the, the coastal line was gorgeous. Yeah. But everything else, we, we rode the coast for like 10 miles and then came across the state to go to into Ohio, and it was just very drab. Sure. So you said that you when you were on this trip, that's kind of when this self-actualization of leaving or trying to figure out if there's something else to do for you for your professional life right yeah so what was that thought process like how did you come to that conclusion and obviously we know the result of that it wasn't so much a thought process as something i just i felt like uh needed to happen you you hit a point where you feel like you've i wouldn't want to say peak but you want change change Mm -hmm. is natural it's inevitable and it should be embraced once you fight against it there's all parts of your body, your mind, and the world starts telling you, stop, stop fighting against it. So uh, this was just a really big catalyst to show me that I was fighting against that change and, and to embrace it. So um, came back, started having conversations, started exercising a few options to, to little effect, and then the universe provided an opportunity that was just too good with too many factors in it that I couldn't ignore it. Sure. So here we are. So that was big, man. Yeah, I love that. So, if anybody watched your interview before, you were with Lockhouse. You're in the distilling industry. You switched over to the beer industry. What did you know about beer coming into this? Uh, I actually got my origins in beer. Okay. Um, English major, literature minor at Buff State. Someone bought me a homebrew kit in my senior year. A little shitty plastic Mister Beer. You can get it for like thirty bucks. They're awful. Make bad beer, <laughs> um, and they're really not brewing. But it snowballed. I went to grad school in Canada for brewmaster and brewery operations management, came back to Buffalo, worked at Flying Bison, moved to Saratoga Springs and ran a brewery there for about two years and had the opportunity to then come home to Buffalo and join Lockhouse on this 2013 or 14. Mm -hmm. Um, So I came back home and and then that was really my transition from beer into spirits. And this is more of a, I wouldn't say it's a transition back from spirits to beer. It's more of a transition from distilled spirits to the broader 
craft consumer culture okay. because we do while beer is our namesake the beer keep we do offer a plethora of all beverage options hmm. uh, we have over 200 different uh, beers right? not just locals but everything that you can't find that people look for on the secondary market we go out of our way to find we have an impressor seltzer program um, we have an all natural wine program so by the glass or by the bottle um, we have cider mead and a pretty wide non-alcoholic beverage package um, because we want to be very inclusive to all of our guests and honestly there's not only is it more and more acceptable to not drink alcohol but it's pretty dang good i don't know if any of you ever tried it yeah that's true we're we're starting to get more um acclimated with the non-alcoholic side of things and it's impressive how good some of the non-alcoholic options are and it's that's not, really cool. It's not just all about like NA beer. Like we ca- we carry eighteen different NA options. Two of them are beer. Really? Yeah. Let's be real. Yeah. No one wants to drink an NA beer. I mean, some people do, and we have, but it's all the fun stuff. So we have like really craft sodas that are like one-offs that you normally see beer producers making, like a key lime pie mm-hmm. soda. That Very I'd sweet. love to try that in a flavor. So we brought it in seltzer, uh, sparkling waters, coffee products, a ninety-nine cent can Arizona iced teas, inflation proof. Uh, Yeah, what's going on? How do they do that? They keep all the cost of goods. It's got to be tiny. They also probably own all the trucks that deliver them. True. Fair. (laughs) Fair. Fair. So it was more of a transition into this craft, the the broader craft consumer culture, other than spirits and cocktails. Yeah. Um, So they're definitely the these beverages, beer, uh, beer, wine cider seltzer they're a little bit more approachable from a consumer perspective there's no con- there's no educational price tag you can pop a top take a sip and make your own opinions mm-hmm. and assertions conjecture with distilled spirits uh, not a lot of people are going to pop the top and take a right. sip I mean you, I will you will and probably a, a significant number of your listeners will but there's a utility component you have to know how to use it mix it mm-hmm. so if you don't know how to use it and mix it there's already a barrier to entry where beer wine spirit a beer wine cider and seltzer there's zero barrier sure do you still are you still a part of the new york state distillers guild i am not okay um, in advance of making this transition i resigned as president of the distillers guild and left it to my colleagues that were very excited um to take that on I had been for six years, so mm-hmm. it seemed like the appropriate thing to do regardless sure. of this transition. Absolutely. Fresh eyes and fresh faces are good. I don't necessarily want to be turning into the old guard at any point in my life. That yeah. sounds exhausting. Yeah. Is there a similar organization for beer or anything like that? Yeah, significantly. It's actually much more robust and, and dynamic. The New York State Brewers Association is a statewide trade association that supports markets and benefits all of its members, associates, and the larger brewing community in New York. That being said, we are not a brewery. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are a retailer here in New York that supports New York breweries. So we're planning on joining as an associate member, um, but because of their bylaws, I don't think it's something that I'd be actively able to participate sure. in from a leadership standpoint. Makes sense. Damn, dude. So I'm obsessed with like, I have to word this correctly so it's not super weird, but I'm obsessed with your posts and like how you um, showcase the things that you choose to showcase on social media, and one of which was the entire renovation for this space. Obviously, there was a like a hold your breath, what is Corey doing, that kind of like shook 
the industries per se because you were like <laughs> that, that's a little bit grandiose but i really appreciate <laughs> no, it's, it's i guess but it's it's the truth and a lot of people were just like what is Corey going to do and then you ended up finally announcing that this is what was going to happen and then it was kind of like did you hear the news and then everyone got on the same page the news was broke and then we're like okay um how does this whole thing work and then the next photo is you just like constructing bars and painting and wearing uh, clothes that are just full of, of construction a lot of painting a lot of uh, a lot of huff and paint so let's let's discuss that because you literally lived here during that whole phase oh yeah uh myself my business partners we we did the demo we participated in the build-out. I mean, we hired a general contractor team, but we were in here painting, sanding, digging, moving formaldehyde, um, you know, breathing it in, all that. What was it before? You don't. Nobody knows. Oh, okay. <laughs> Interesting. Good <laughs> question. Not even the city uh, records. Really? Uh, no. No, they know. Oh, okay. I just, I was that's my say, answer Jesus. to people because <laughs> right. I, I think it's such an immemorable business that... Uh, it wasn't worth mentioning, but this used oh, to be okay. Ashker's Juice Bar, and before that, and this is going back to like 2005 or seven, it was a chiropractics or massage parlor, and then going back into the 90s, it was a dance studio, and apparently going back into the 70s, my dad and his sisters used to get their hairs cut here, and it was a salon. Wow, that's fascinating. That's kind of cool. So what did you have to... You mentioned digging. What was the digging we, component? We tore up the floor. So this is a brand new floor, both sides. It's a, it's a two-store front operation. Same business, just two different doors, two different spaces. Um, we tore up the floors. We tore some walls out. We redid one of the ceilings. Pretty much everything you see in the space is us. What about there permitting? A, uh, we, got, we got the right permits. So, no, <laughs> so like, is there... No, no, no. Because I know there's other... <laughs> There's other businesses in the what city. A great answer. So what there's my purpose? Yeah, there's there's bars in certain spaces because you can't travel with your beverage from bar to bar, even though it's the same place, like Labatt House. Which oh, that's different. That's different. So yeah. That's, so do you have those that are issue two here? Different businesses. So Labatt okay. House, there is a like the brewery section. The brewery's a licensed manufacturer brewery. Yeah. And they have that little private room that is an offshoot or tasting bar, which is legally. Uh, intrinsic to their licensing level so you can't travel from that bar to the outside bar obviously where everything else in that area is the restaurant bar so it's a whole different business so what that is is a I believe they have a concessioners permit um, they'll quote me on this but that allows one business to operate one licensed business to operate with inside another licensed business where this is just one business so we, we do have two bars two points of sale one is your traditional interaction with the bartender. Mm-hmm. You point at something, yell really loud, and they hand you a delicious <laughs> substance. Uh, the other one is more of a self-serve station. So you walk up to our trophy case coolers, grab from one of 200-plus beers, ciders, seltzers, and then take it up to the bar. Start a tab, sit down, or you can also build yourself a 4-pack, 6-pack, 20-pack, 30-rack, and take it to go. Uh, so you wow. can go from side to side, side and to side. it's okay. You can go into the bathrooms with it. Uh, we have a 22-person seating outdoor front patio with a installed front lawn. Yeah, I noticed that. There's some turf there. <laughs> yeah, it's turf town. Turf town. Uh, we wanted to have a little fun, and uh, it's Elmwood, so we want to make some noise. 
a lot of what we're doing is not just trying to be gaudy and trying to be fun, but a lot of beer places in particular can get a little bit hung up on themselves and hung up on the whole craft nature of it. Mm-hmm. And we want to really put out there not just in content, but in, in visibility that we don't take ourselves too seriously, that we want to put the fun back in drinking. Beer is supposed to be fun. Yeah. And sometimes people lose sight of that. So we went out and we got a $700 AstroTurf for our patio. We went out and bought seven different ridiculously huge chandeliers <laughs> that are all different. And one of them needs cleaning. <laughs> it's fine. Um, and yeah, just loud colors, fun colors. Mm-hmm. And so the, the pews that are also on our front patio are from a 1920 Presbyterian church in Bath, New York. Hmm. Wow. Um, yeah, it's just all an effort to really normalize and humanize the business and beer because a lot of places get very pretentious. Sure. So like the only the only dress code our staff has is don't be pretentious. No button ups, no puffy pirate shirts like in Seinfeld, nothing. We want it to keep it as, as approachable as possible. Sure. Absolutely. That makes sense. So you have the wall behind us which is custom you have a a whole like mural going to the the bathrooms down there right who did you hire somebody to do all that stuff yeah so there's a lot in this space that was custom there's a lot that we did there's a lot little uh, freelance the bulk of the work was done uh, we aligned with a branding and design agency white uh, white bicycle they're a local brand forward agency a Grammy award winning Hmm. Oh, wow. For album art they design. Um, for who? That's awesome. Yes. Uh, the answer is yes. Yeah, sorry, I didn't, yes. didn't mean to put you on yes, the spot there, awesome. but that's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> if anyone wants to find out, White Bicycle is located on Ellicott Street. They're fan- over the old Washington Market, I want to say. Hmm. Um, they're fantastic, and they're great guys and girls, but I never met them. <laughs> so... Uh, so they did the big mural. They worked in concert with us about what our theme was, what we really wanted to execute. So the overall brand and the images that are the core images of the brand is a pretty much an archway, and in that archway is a can opening and the spray coming out. And that really goes back to we wanted to have something that was very common mm-hmm. but also special. We wanted to have something that was approachable but also meant something to so many people. And we kept... We knew we were going to carry a lot of cans. We have a, a trophy case cooler behind our bar that has over three, 300 different bottles and cans in it. And so we wanted to feature can heavy, even though we do have a delicious draft, draft system with specialty knobs and poles. Um, and we kept going back to what's the one thing everybody looks forward to about beer? And it's opening it. Mm-hmm. It's that first crack. It's unmistakable noise. It's an unmistakable moment, and after that moment, everything just, you got like four or five seconds where nothing else matters. Yeah, and it's confusing when somebody opens like a carbonated water, and it's like, are you having a beer already? It's like nine o'clock in the morning, because it's that yeah. same sound. Yeah, it's a great sound. <laughs> it's very distinct. Yeah. Unmistakable. So we, uh, so everything is kind of based off that, and then it all, you know, shit rolls downhill. So... That's cool. So we have to talk about your taps. Yeah. So speaking on that whole system, you're the first in Buffalo. So let's kind of dive into that whole realm. So our uh, we have ten taps, um, two of which are very special, and then in that they are side poles or side pour taps. Uh, they're a specific faucet for draft beer that is 
origins were Czechoslovakian or Czechoslovakian-style pills, lagers, which are brewed to be a little bit more bitter and a little bit more proteinaceous than your typical lagers, and that's in support of the pouring method. Uh, your typical draft faucet is a plunger style, on, off. Mm-hmm. We've all seen them. They get tap handles that go on. These ones are side pull, so you literally pull the mechanism from side to side, and that opens up a ball valve that allows either zero or 100% of the beer to come through. And then further, you have a throttle uh, valve that allows that zero or 100% beer to come through at a rate of slow to fast. And you can change both of them, and depending on their orientation, get a whole different experience. So what this does is it, it creates a head on the beer that is much more finer and much more complex in its protein matrix, which is what holds beer head together. And so much so that it's it's very stable, like a macchiato foam or a cappuccino foam. We tried it earlier. If you poured a beer with this side pour head and you just left it sit on the table, it would be fine for five minutes without even losing a bubble. Yeah. As opposed to you pour a, a beer off a normal dress system within 20 seconds, the head is gone. Which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But this particular beer is meant, uh, it's a lager. It's delicious. Everybody starts their beer drinking journey in lagers typically domestics macro that's for me mm-hmm. and then if you get in the craft when you get in the craft you go from pale ales to ipas to sours to barrel aged beers to stouts to browns to everything weird in between going all the way to belgians and lambics and double decoctions if you really want to get weird with it which i'm sure some of you do and you know where you find yourself back at right back at loggers <laughs> <laughs> that was that was my story uh 13 years in the making and if you talk to most brewers it's exactly the same and most of them don't take 13 years so we wanted to really put forth um, that lagers are the champions and it, it doesn't mean domestics it means you can consume a product in a fun different environment while still maintaining quality so we serve uh, Von Trapp Czech style Pilsner on one of our side poles because it's a Czechoslovakian style lager that is dang good and we do have a second one we don't put the same style beer on there because we use it to showcase other lagers that are fun, interesting, that nobody in this city has ever tried in that format before. So we just we just kicked a Oktoberfest, so that was much more maltier and darker. So drinking the head and the foam off of that was very interesting. It was almost like sipping a chai latte. That's fascinating. It's a, very, so it's a whole different profile. I want to clarify, though. If you pour your beer incorrectly from a regular on-off tap and you got a lot of head, it's not the same as what you're talking about. Incredibly different. No. Okay. It's a, I mean, Someone's sipping their head right now. They're like, sure. I don't really like this. No, no, no. <laughs> so this, this style faucet is designed to, you could think of it like a naturally carbonated wine. Naturally carbonated anything has finer bubbles. It's supposed to be more effervescent, more... Um, as opposed to artificially carbonated where there's bigger bubbles and it's just not the same mouthfeel. So this denotes mostly texture and mouthfeel, but also a head that lasts longer so that if you don't take a sip for five minutes, the beer, A, it's not oxidizing. It's not going flat. All those compounds, the esters, the phenols, the flavonoids that are emulating from the top of your beer upward because of the carbonation, they're not just flying out of the atmosphere. They're staying encapsulated in your glass, so it protects the beer should you want to wait 10 minutes, right. uh, 5 minutes. If you want to do a milk pour, which is a fun word to say, especially when you don't know what it means, um, which is instead of 90% beer, 10% head, it's 10% beer, 90% head, 
you could do that same thing. You could wait half an hour, and you would probably still have some semblance of foam. That would probably be the uppermost limits, but that's what it was for. People who would casually drink one beer, but still want to socialize in that environment and not put back 20 and get hammered. They could just casually sip on one beer without worrying about my beer is getting warm, my beer is getting flat, my beer tastes like cardboard, or my beer tastes like kicks. Even that doesn't cut the roof of your mouth. That's so cool. Yeah, it's like it's the way to drink beer if you're a whiskey lover, basically, because it's the, really the only true way to drink beer socially to not get absolutely annihilated. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. We have everything in between. I've got 11% uh, triple I, a 19.2 ounce can of an 11% triple IPA out of Iowa over there. Uh, It's not for me. I like it. Uh, Knee deep is the brewing, and uh, but it's 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 not a lager. Fun note though, during the build out, uh, I lost a bat. Okay. I don't remember what it was, but. I wagered that I had a chug of triple IPA. So oh, that 19.25 ounce can, when we first opened, we got it in. That was the first one to try it from bow to stern. I had to. had to get it out of How did you feel, feel after? It was awful. Oh, God, I can't even imagine. Yeah, but, you know. Were you rocked? I ate a big meal right after. So I was, fortunately, I was fine. Okay. But uh, I wish I could say I did it in one gulp or even one take but i had to take a moment in between yeah that's a lot that's a lot that's like drinking an entire landscaping bush well that ain't is 19 ounces (laughs) you had to chug the whole thing yeah yeah 19 ounces you can't even do that with water and not feel gross yeah right can you imagine a triple ipa so so speaking of of having a big meal afterwards do you have food here yeah we do you have to right by like law so yeah you have to have food but it doesn't the law is very vague so we could just as easily have crackers on the bar and that suffices Mm -hmm. okay or or like a microwave burrito in the kitchen there's there's businesses around the western new york area that are combo spots like us where they're both for they're both to go and for here um, and they just usually air fry some tots up and slap mm-hmm. it on a plate and say, God bless. But we, you know, being on Elmwood and being so focused on a, a community-driven space, we wanted to put our best foot forward with our food program. It is a tiny, tiny kitchen. So we reached out to a good friend of mine, Will Peterson, um, to be our chef. He's formerly of um, Lake Crew, um, the old, what is now Mr. Sizzle's. Um, he's worked at the Grange, Black Sheep. He came up with Gedra and Steve Gedra, Black Sheep, and a couple other notable chefs. And he designed a menu for us with our input that is perfect. Um, we offer home, uh, a very hometown menu, familiar favorites and forgotten uh, memories, uh, from beef sliders and hot dogs to chicken nuggets and... Yes. Uh, building up all the way to garbage plates. Um, oh, wow. cool. And every item on our menu also has a vegan counterpart. Hmm. So, because we want to be very inclusive in our community and it doesn't take a ton of more effort to go vegan. Um, so, we have hot dog, vegan hot dog, garbage plate, vegan garbage plate, and especially in this community, in this culture, in this day and age, being able to promote and say the words vegan garbage plate is awesome. Actually, this Thursday, what is going to be November 4th. 4th, we have our first vegan community night, which is just, just a network night for people in that community to get together, talk about all things veganism, 
and you know smell their farts and all <laughs> do you have vegan beer uh is that a thing this is we're going down a little bit of a nerdy path but i'll, I'll I like it, it to I'll you. go for it yes we have vegan beer but most days beer isn't vegan so what is commonly used is a substance called isinglass it is a negatively charged ionic compound that helps pull suspended yeast and yeast particles and proteinaceous material in beer that is still present fermentation finishes it's all lingering so they add this isinglass which is naturally derived from fish bladder which makes it non-vegan and it takes these negative it's a negatively charged ion and it pulls all of these particulates because they're positively charged to the bottom so most beer has that this beer has that so it's not vegan I did not know that see yeah. a- agent 186 I'm telling you there's a reason fish bladder it's delicious that's, that's fascinating yeah it is that's really cool it's used in a lot of the, a lot of different industries including the water industry so even like certain waters Poland Springs I think it used to use it are there any known substitutes for that yeah you can use a lot of things uh, eggshells eggshells um under the right temperature and negatively charged ions um you can use but even that wouldn't be vegan right yeah but like who cares <laughs> dude correct he's like that's not the original <laughs> question uh, uh gelatin uh, gelatin's the same thing i know that that's also not vegan that's besides the point but there's a lot of vegan options there's um sodium benzenate there's a couple other sure Wow. Uh, synthetic compounds, but they're not as cheap. They're not as readily available. Right. And they definitely didn't get their industrial commercialization that that one did. Like, you can go down to this, the, you can get it at, like, the homebrew shop down on Sheridan. Right. Mm. Wow. That's awesome. So, <clears throat> I kind of want to talk a little bit more about this system that you have up there with your uh, drafts. So, you said that you don't really drive home the point that you do drafts because you're more of a, uh, like, a can place. But... There's no one else in Buffalo that has that system, right? No, we're the first and only in Buffalo, as far as I'm aware. Feel free to correct me. I've, we've gone out of our way to make sure that that claim is substantial. Mm-hmm. But we really came to the realization that we needed to bring these draft styles, these lucre faucets or these side pole faucets, lucre's the manufacturer, um, to Western New York because during the run-up to opening this business, the discovery phase before we really even signed the lease, we went to 122 different businesses around the whole state. Beer businesses. Mm-hmm. Bars, breweries, bottle shots, shops, combo spots that were both bottle shops and bars, similar to ourselves. Yep. We asked them questions. What did you like doing? What did you do differently? What, what were your successes? What were your failures? How is your pricing structure? What, what type of events do you hold? So we can learn from the mistakes and really start to build the biggest, best, most efficient model here for ourselves. And there's two things that we noticed. One, these uh, side pole faucets that Buffalo needed, and they were in most major cities Mm. we had went to. And two, nobody really tries too hard. They find their niche and they just say, oh, here I go. Um, So we're going above and beyond to not only make sure that we always have the freshest, the newest, the funnest styles and beers available, not just from the local community, but especially from everywhere else. Um, but we want to create a space, not only give people the choices, but a space with which to choose from them. Somewhere they feel comfortable. Somewhere that they don't feel rushed. Mm-hmm. Somewhere that they, instead of wanting a 16-ounce uh, pint, they can get a 5-ounce of whatever they want. So half beers. Half beers are huge in most cities. Buffalo doesn't do half beers. I love half beers. 
I can drink 10 half beers of 10 different beers. Right. As opposed to drinking five of the same. Yeah. True. Those are different than flights, obviously, right? They can be. Yeah. I mean, if you have one half beer, it's a half beer. If you have 10 half beers in a, on a paddle, it's a flight. True. <laughs> it just depends, I guess, on, at the volume. Yeah. You can get them all at once. We do offer flights here. Um, but you can also get them one at a time, and then they're even better. It's true. true. I mean, a lot of people from out of state that visit Buffalo, they all say that. It's like the portions are insane. Like, the food's incredible, the the beer and, and the spirits are awesome, but there's, like, one size. Yeah, one size. And if you don't fill it all the way up to the top, they're like... Yeah, it's like, what are you doing? Yo, give me that extra ounce. What are you doing? Yeah, right. <laughs> and that's a very Buffalo thing. Like, you're yeah. supposed to have head on a beer. It's part of the drinking, not only culture, and it's an actual developed mechanism over the last couple hundred years that creates a quality experience. But in Buffalo, if you don't pull, if it's not spilling on you, you got cheated. <laughs> it's weird. We just, we just like what we like, man. Yeah, for some reason, things, that, like is such, shoes. that is such like a, everybody thinks that head is bad on beer. And I, where does that come from? Just the fact that you, the perception is you're not getting as much actual liquid? I'm sure that plays into it. Certain, certain, uh, certain head, if you try and drink head you know from your typical beer faucet it it can get a little chewy it's not something that just goes down it doesn't flow through your mouth it's it can get stuck in corners and then you're left like swishing it about it's not it's not a best positively drinking experience if you end up with a lot in your mouth but uh it's probably mostly that people want every little drop and and they probably learned that during their collegiate years (laughs) i know i did i love that Probably. So what was the, you studied beer, you worked in breweries, and then you came into the distilling industry and now into more of the, obviously this isn't a brewery, but this is a beer place. So was there a learning curve to learn this side of brewing at all? Or were you pretty acclimated with that from your previous jobs? Uh, I was pretty acclimated with this. I mean, it's still, it's still a bar. It's still a restaurant. Mm-hmm. It's still, I was going into them every day, preaching the good word of Lockhouse and, right. and slinging my sauce. Uh, that being said, I still drink a lot of beer. That uh, and it's a small community here in Buffalo. So whether you're was a brewer or a distiller, everybody coalesced. So I know the brewers. We all know each other. Uh, we did events with them. I was pouring right pouring samples next to them at tasting events. So those relationships maintained. So there was really no difference. There was a lot of stuff that was new to me that I had to onboard myself with. There's a lot of new trends and fads and even mechanisms and branding that I'm still learning to this to this day I don't think I'll ever probably catch up it's kind of like um, God, it's like social media and technology mm-hmm. you know once you hit 30 it doesn't Dude. matter how much you try there's yeah. a 10 year old that knows more than you oh Think, yeah things definitely slow down <laughs> oh yeah I got a, I got a 10 year old niece and she's doing laughs on me on, on like on her iPad <laughs> and I'm like I didn't know it does I didn't know it does that right so speaking of technology and social media where are you on uh, like your business oh you can find the beer keep at the beer keep on facebook <laughs> instagram twitter tiktok we don't have anything else we have a website it's also thebeerkeep.com. oh um, come on that it makes sense because it's professional but i was really hoping for like some remnants of broccoli just like a, a little oh, picture of it somewhere oh. maybe pineapple somewhere 
Yeah, uh, broccoli, we'll see. We'll see. There might be something in the works. That's all I'm talking Who about. Knows? <laughs> Who knows? I definitely got a tattoo coming of broccoli. <laughs> I got a whole produce sleeve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're laughing, but it's true. The story no. that you had about the pineapple boat made our life. When you just destroyed that whole quarter of pineapple without even like taking off it the was core a, or something, it was right? a garnish. Yeah, it was a garnish oh, at funny. the <laughs> 500 Pearl live event, and we were working with you, and you're like, "I'll jump on real quick." I forgot about that event. And they literally Dude, sliced so a pineapple in half as a garnish piece for their charcuterie spread, and you're just like gnawing away at the <laughs> yeah, massive yeah, piece of pineapple. Had to, that had to be very noisy for you. <laughs> oh, it was fine for us. We were we were loving it, but the waitress was like, "Sir, that's a garnish," and you're like, "But it's pineapple." I'll never forget so that. So funny. Yeah, I'm the weird guy. Uh, I don't care. Uh, you know how they put the lettuce under the, the thing? Yeah. I'll eat the lettuce. <laughs> or, the, or the shredded cucumber or whatever the hell it is. I don't know. Sometimes it looks plastic. I'll still eat it. Oh yeah, God, you'll figure so it out. Awesome. Yeah, it's fine. So what's next for you? What's next for Beer Keep? Anything in in mind or just kind of going through the motions? Oh, anything but. Um, Love it. I don't think... That life is just one series of stepping stones that takes you from one to the next. And if it is, I hope to be fascinated and enthralled by the shape of that stone. And this is no different. So we got a lot of big plans for our community, for our business, and for our immediate neighborhood. Being that um, three groups of people that are very friendly and have been on international vacations with each other own three hospitality businesses in a row in Buffalo's most influential and culturally significant district. You could imagine that we got some big stuff planned. So 2021 is really just about getting started, getting integrated, and making ourselves known and having a presence. 2022 is the real year where we pop off a lot of programming, a lot of events that are not just like in-house fun stuff. We do a lot of can drops. We do a lot of music. We do a pancake breakfast that we're going to be starting soon. Um, but next year is the real year for a lot of fun stuff. Love that. Uh, we're definitely we get we got about seven or seven or eight real ones with about fifteen bad ideas that got pushed to the side for those seven to eight real ones. I'll tell you, we are definitely going to be doing a hot dog eating competition yes. at some point. That's so and ridiculous. It's going to be obnoxious. I love it'll it. Be, it'll be a Gen Pop round. There'll be a vegan Gen Pop round because we want to be super inclusive. Sure. Um, and also, they're they're delicious. You can't taste the difference. I dare you to come down here and tell me you won't. Uh, <laughs> and then we're going to do a Buffalo Celebrity Round. So, you know, come watch the, the usual suspects. Uh, Rob Ray, choke down 15 glizzies. See if he can do it. Hell yeah. I like that. This is so cool, man. I love it. I love what you do. Every business that you're in, it just seems to be amazing. Like, you're just a good business person. Oh, uh, that is probably one of the nicest and most inaccurate things anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> I, I hope one day that I could uh, live up to that. That is great. I think that you just are very passionate about everything that you do, and your work always shows like on your sleeve. Like that's just who you are as a person. He's not so comfortable. He's chugging. Yeah, his I know. Beer. He's not comfortable. But, like you walk into this Yours place and gone. you know that this is a Corey place. Like that's just who you are. Correct. That's very sweet. Well, I'm glad you guys feel comfortable in our space, and um, I'm looking forward to drinking a lot more beer and interacting with you in here. Uh, we have some fun stuff uh, in mind that I think would be a Buffalo Happy Hour would be a great fit for. Sure. Not just in a traditional interview slash interaction um, 
type of format like we're doing right now, yeah. but above and beyond, like interacting and, and bringing in a social and general public component, kind of like we did at that 500 Pearl event. Sure, yeah, absolutely. But outside of the purviews of the professional people joining in and just like, let's get Bob from from North Buffalo to come in and be like, hey, Bob, what'd you think about the space? Tell me one thing you didn't like. And he'd be like, oh, the toilet seat was too cold <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. could be fun. People want to hear from Bob. Yeah, absolutely. They do. They do. That's true. But there's a lot of things that we can finagle, especially now. So equipment dictates work and oh, our course. equipment has been upgraded. So we're more flexible with what we can do. Yeah, these are heavy. These are heavy duty. Yeah, they're Joe, not falling over. Joe Rogan's got like four of these. <laughs> well, fun fact, we have four. Oh, there you go. See, copycats. Yeah, they're, they're nice kidding. because they don't kidding. fall over. You guys take horse tranquilizers too? Yeah, a little bit. We don't. <laughs> All right. Haven't had the need. Yeah, haven't had the need. But thank you so much, man. What, anything that we didn't talk about that you wanted to touch on? Probably. What are your hours? Oh, yeah, we're actually open here seven days a week. Uh, we started at six. Uh, a little ambitious, but very quickly realized that the community likes beer. Weird, I know. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Yeah, the whole Buffalo thing. Um, so we are open. When is this coming out? Probably like weeks from now. Three weeks, weeks from yeah. now. Okay, we are open seven days a week from noon to eleven p.m. every day, other than Fridays and Saturdays, where we'll be open probably till one a.m. Okay. Good deal. I like that. Yeah. And then we touched on where people can find you on social media and also your website. And then you have merch available. You have beer available, wine and spirits available. Yeah. Beer and wine, food. spirits, everything you could want other than shots, which... Good I, call on that. Uh, it, 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 has a, it has a lot of benefit. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I miss it. But there's businesses to our left and to our right. And if that's something someone's craving, we to- I totally understand. And I welcome them to patronize one of their... Uh, businesses sure. yeah we're not trying to be everything to everybody we have a very specific clientele um beer right <laughs> it's, it's not terribly specific but yeah, it's specific no. <laughs> it's a little bit more voluminous and if you like bathrooms um we have some fun bathrooms one of them's got a, a graffiti mural of drinking babies uh to be totally transparent they're not babies they're cherubs so they're thousands of years old and they're literally the servants of God. Give them a fucking beer. Uh, they, they're laughing because they haven't seen it, but you should totally go check it out. We will. Yeah. yeah, we will. It's right next to Harambe. Nice. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, rip to the boy, you know? Oh, yeah. You've got to show respect. You have to. You have to. And also, he's in there because Dick's out. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Dick's out for Harambe. At this point, I'm assuming that most people have tuned out. <laughs> no. Which if is... anything, they tuned back in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, really. <laughs> You're like, perfect. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> we'll wrap That's it up. That's awesome. Well, Corey, thank you again for your time. We really appreciate it. We love this business, and uh, you guys should too. So come down here. Try some of their beer. They have literally anything that you would want. Honestly, you can find a beer here that would best suit you, and you have to try their tap too because there's – the whole different drinking experience so thank you Corey, for your time cheers gang thanks man
save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app get 16 ounce packs of flavorful angus 90 lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious coca-cola pepsi or 7-up all with your card Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.